Hello, my name is Taposha Roy, and you are watching my new podcast episode, The Tale About the Taliban. I'm 14 years old, and I'm going to be sharing with you the research I collected from the book I, Malala by Malala Yousafzai and Christina Lamb to answer the questions I'll be bringing up in my podcast. I was very interested in I am Malala, as Malala analyzes historic events such as the Taliban and radical Islamic terrorism, which have also affected the country I'm from. So essentially, Malala analyzes the Taliban and radical Islamic terrorism from a feminist perspective. And what got me curious throughout reading this book was really how a girl in her late teens changed the destructive landscape the Taliban formed in Swat Valley to a stable region of Pakistan, and how Swat Valley, as well as other previously Taliban-occupied regions, cured itself from the decade-long violence of radical Islamic organizations. So, the first article I'm going to be using is from the National Center of Biotechnology Information, which is a population-based assessment of women's mental health attitudes towards women's human rights by Lynn L. Amowitz, which essentially assesses the mental health and view of women's rights in Afghanistan, a Taliban-occupied region, even when studying and even at the moment. The question I researched to answer from the source was what mental health status for girls was like in Taliban-occupied regions Malala presents. The information I found was that major depression was far more prevalent among women exposed to Taliban policies with about 73 to 78 percent compared to women living in non-Taliban controlled areas, which is 28 percent. 65 percent of women living in a Taliban controlled area and 73 percent of women in Pakistan exposed to Taliban expressed policies expressed suicidal thoughts as well, as well as suicidal ideation, etc. At the time of the study, compared with 18% of those in non-Taliban-controlled areas, Amowitz, 2003. The information presented from the source essentially is was very well organized, and I'm absolutely admired by the straightforward structure, the attitude the article provides. Now on to my next source. The second source I'm using is from the book itself, I, Malala, in which Malala is the speaker. Based on this source, Malala's father conveys the current environmental crisis created in Pakistan from the corrupt politicians. The question I researched was, how did the extensive crime and lack of investments for public health and sanitation affect the environment and public health? The information I found was that Corrupt politicians would often make fake promises to the public for better roads, education systems, sewage systems, and improved hospitals, and etc. And essentially, with the lack of investment for these things, it caused rivers to be polluted with pesticides and chemicals, and children would often freeze to death due to the extreme cold climate that Swat Valley has. And they would essentially also die because of the limited amount of hospitals. And to comment on the source, the source presented information very efficiently and was extremely, extremely helpful in giving me direct answers and comments. Like, I really mean it. I love this source so much. 
Um, the third source I'm using is from the Human Rights Watch by Paula Bronstein, which is the speaker. Based on this source, Bronstein conveys a critical analysis of the education system under the Taliban. The source answers my question, what were the sociological struggles for people who wanted to attain good quality education? The information I received was, in quote, Overcrowding lack of infrastructure and supplies and weak oversight mean that children who do go to school may study in a tent with no textbook for only three hours a day. Even when... Schools have buildings. They're often overcrowded, as some children are forced to study outside. Conditions are often poor, with buildings damaged and discrept, and lacking furniture and supplies. Overcrowding, compounded by the demand for gender segregation, means that schools divide their days into two or three shifts, resulting in a school day too short to cover the full curriculum. 30% of Afghan government schools lack safe drinking water, and 60% do not have toilets. Bronstein 2017. The source was not as well structured as it included a lot of unnecessary information. I had to scroll a lot throughout the website, the article. Um, however, it was pretty helpful in kind of providing specific information, like specific examples, to answer my question. So... In conclusion, overall, the research I conducted has given me more knowledge on how the Taliban affects girls and their mental health, and how corrupt politicians lead to the weak infrastructure and government in Swat Valley, and how the weak infrastructure is essentially the root of the cause of education quality of children under the Taliban rule, and... I was actually very surprised how I found out that the weak infrastructure of the Pakistani government was the biggest factor that led to the rise of the Taliban in Swat Valley. My knowledge extended throughout my research as I realized the overthrowing of political sources don't only have to do with the ambition of antagonistic political leaders, but they also have to do with the weak defense of victims. This process has sparked curiosity in me to learn the key things a country needs to maintain good infrastructure. That ends my podcast episode today. I hope you enjoy. Bye.